hello, hello. This is Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Hey, yo, it's Leroy Horton. And we have the honor, the pleasure of having Dr. Joshua Godin. Now, see, mm-hmm. the, the last name just says it all. The last name says it all. The man is, he, listen, he's he's a, he's he's a winner, right? He, he gets a gold medal. He's he's just a winner, right? And and it's funny because I was actually on Instagram, and you are associated with a lot of people that I know, and so I saw his content, and I went on there and I said, okay, what's going on here? Started researching, and I see that this man not only does he mentor, not only does he have a foundation. But he also is a Laker fan, right? And we'll talk about that at the end. But the I reason see. I like that, the reason I mentioned the Laker part is because, you know, I grew up in the Philly area and 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 Kobe, low Merriam, you know what I mean? So, but that's another story for another day. Well, well let's let's focus on the two important the GOAT. That is the GOAT. Kobe Bean Bryant. Yes, I said it. I'll sit on this podcast. I'll sit on top of the mountain. Uh LeBron people come for me. I'll show you facts. Jordan right. people, yes. I said, Michael Jordan, people, I'm coming for you guys, too. Uh, appreciate you guys giving us the blueprint. But Kobe Bryant outworked Michael Jordan. He perfected everything Michael did. Yes, I said it. Mike, if it wasn't for you, Kobe wouldn't have had that competition. And Kobe wouldn't have been as great as he was. But we give Mike all the credit. But Kobe Bean Bryant is the GOAT. Oh, boy. Okay, yeah. so the, the episode is over. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> No, but uh, you know, let's 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 do this. Let's do this. Let's just let's get to know you a little bit. Let's talk about basically how you got into dentistry, where you went to school, the usual. Give us a little two-minute synopsis and then we'll dive right into the mentorship because I think that's the most important part of all this, along with that foundation. But let's talk about you for a little bit. All right. So um good evening, morning, whatever time it is that you're listening to this. I am Dr. Joshua Golden. And I am the owner and practicing dentist at West Sunrise Dentistry here in lovely South Florida, and also the founder of the Golden Foundation. Uh, To get to that point, it was a nice little ride. I grew up here in uh, Miami, Florida, uh, 305 to the day I die, Uh, Liberty City to be exact. If you know what that is, then you've driven through the hood. Um, I feel like I know it because of GTA. Yeah, that's the only reason I know Liberty City is Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Yeah, so Liberty City was a little tough area to grow up in, but it definitely built some character. Uh, I went through all the little schools there, and then I ended up uh, graduating from Miami Northwestern. Uh, Very well known for like football and things of that nature, not academics at all. Um, And when I graduated and it was time to get ready for college, I was like, I wanted to try something a little different. You know, uh, we struggled having books and it was struggle, 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 struggle. And I was like, man, you know, I want to do something different. Let's see if I can get into like Florida State or one of these big time schools here in Florida. Even UM was one of the schools I thought about. But ultimately, it was Florida State because I wanted to leave the city of Miami. I needed to stretch my wings. I wanted to get out there. So Florida State is at the state capital. It's like eight hours away from mom. And so it allowed me to kind of like, you know, be me, do some amazing things. Um, I, of course, love sports. So we had a great football team. So that helped me out. And when I got there, you know, being black and kind of intelligent, everybody's kind of pushing you towards medicine. 
It's like, oh, you're good at science. Hey, here you go. Let's just go ahead and put you on this normal track. And nothing against anybody that, you know, end up following the MB route. But I felt like it was like a little curveya belt. It's like, oh, smart, black, go this way. And then you got to go through all those hurdles. And your heart has to be in it to go through these hurdles. Like, you guys remember organic chemistry, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you really have to want to do it. So, you know, going through all this, I was thinking like, man, I might be interested in family medicine. I think that might be my thing. And so I was, you know, strong enough to fight through all of this stuff. And then I got to probably like my sophomore, junior year, and it was the summertime. And then I did a summer medical and dental program with SMDEP, which changed my life. Yes, sir. yes. I am such a champion for that uh, program. Where'd um, you do it at? I did it at Columbia University. So okay. New York City. So imagine me... Young black kid grew up in the city of Miami. Now I'm up in New York City uh, for, well, I think we did that for like uh, six weeks to two months or something like that. Best time of my life. And in this program, I was hanging with everybody. Like I'm, I'm always networking. I'm always trying to get to know people. And as you can see, I do that now. And um, these dental students, the ones that came for the dental aspect, Yo, they seemed a lot happier. I'm not going to lie. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what are they doing? And the activities that they were doing was slightly different, but very engaging. Um, everything wasn't just like study, 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 study. It was they were using their hands. You know, they were kind of learning how to talk to patients and things of that nature. It was multi-purpose skills. So I saw them using their intelligence but I also saw them using their hands and doing other things. And that drew me to that side. And, you know, I was cool with a lot of people. They allowed me to do it. And I'm next thing you know, in their classes and hanging out. And then uh, the associate dean of Columbia, his name's Dr. Dennis Mitchell. He found out and he's like, who's this medical kid? Just keep coming to our classes and his stuff. Let me talk to him. And he spent two hours mm. telling me how my personality and everything he's watched and heard about me fit perfectly with dentistry and that I should be a dentist. And again, stubborn kid from the city, not going to listen and be like, yeah, you know, I had fun playing with these dentist people doing all this stuff, but I don't know if I can really be a dentist because at that point, honestly, no one had really talked about it. I didn't have access to it. I didn't really know much about it besides what I saw there at that program. So me and him came up with a game plan. When I got back to Florida State that fall, I'm going to shadow a DDS and I'm going to shadow an MB. Um, I, you know, stubborn. I wanted, I said, give it six months. I need a good long time for this little study. Six months and I'll be sure about it. Man, it only took maybe three weeks. And I knew I was hooked. Dentistry was where it was at. Um, <laughs> if you were in Tallahassee, there's this great little dental clinic that's on the uh, train tracks between Florida State and FAMU. And I would go there and have a ball time. I would go there in the afternoons and uh, shadow and help them out. And then in the morning, so that six months, I would go to the hospitals and shadow MDs and things like that. And when I got towards so that end of that six months, some MDs are telling me, man, maybe you might want to think about dentistry. You know, some of them were like, if they had the opportunity, they probably would have changed because they had sacrificed so much. 
Um, you know, some of them lost their families and, you know, or first wives because they spent so much time, uh, you know, in residency and things like that. I heard a lot of horror stories in those moments. And it was like, wow, okay, well, maybe this is it. So then at that point, I literally had to move this big old boat and start to focus on how I'm going to do this whole dentistry thing. Um, at that point, I started to be an assistant. And then next step was USC in California. I got to see the end of Kobe Bryant's career. Um, and then after I graduated from there, um, I did a one-year residency in New York. I got to see the end of Derek Jeter's career. And then <laughs> everything is sports. Everything That's sports. a reference. It connects because that, that <laughs> centers me. That's what centers me at the end of the day. I have to have that. That, that makes me happy. And so then we came back home and I was actually, when I came back to South Florida, I was very, very ready to just be a regular schmegular dentist, just Joe Blow. I was going to just, you know, do my job, go home. That was all I was planning on doing. And God has something <laughs> totally different for me. Um, as much as I tried to like not stand out or do anything like that, I found myself kept gravitating towards doing things. Um, like as you can see with the Instagram that I have at the Golden Dentist. Um, and the harder I fought it, I felt like it was like I need to be out here shadowing, helping people shadow, uh, helping people uh, get a mentor, like just doing things in the community versus just kind of being a recluse and not, um, you know, sharing my God-given talents of helping others. Well, well, talk about that. Talk about that real quick. Because you say um, it was an internal conflict and mm -hmm. part of you wanted to be a little bit more low-key, just let me just get started. Let me just you know, start my career. Yep. Something was drawing you, right? Right. What What about your experience or your the way you grew up uh, may have made you gravitate towards being that resource for people that like you, which who may have not had a resource or a mentor or a family member? That's an excellent question. Um, I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. So after I graduated in those quote quote unquote quiet times. I was an island. Like I had no mentor. I had nobody to help me. And it kind of pissed me off. Like I felt like being a African-American male here in South Florida, there was like one other black doc up oh, two, one in uh, the Northern part, one in the Southern part of uh, the South Florida region. And it wasn't really a lot of representation. And so I would try to like, you know, on the deep, on the quiet, connect with people and things like that. And I saw that wasn't working. So then, all right, now I need to get involved with, you know, these different groups and things like that and put myself out there. And then once I became a little bit more senior on the circuit, it was like, you know what? I don't think that should ever happen to anybody again. I don't think that's fair that, you know, a young doc who's fresh out of school has nobody to really lean on. So whenever I talk to someone just about to graduate, every student who I've ever spoken to, I've said this to them. Hey, if you need somebody to chat with, no matter the time, no matter the place, feel free to call me or text me uh, or DM me on Instagram, and I'm going to find a way to get back to you. Um, I would say probably half of them listen and actually do it. The other half, you know, just do their thing. But I'm very serious about that. 
I want to be able to help them. I want to be able to answer questions that, you know, they may feel that's dumb or they don't know how to truly ask the question. I'm like, verbalize it. Try to state what it is. And then if I can't answer it and I can't guide them in a certain way, then from my network of all the people I know, I know who to point you in the right direction. And as I've been doing this more and more over time, I've connected so many people um, and we've made such a difference in so many people's lives where it's like, all right, you know what, maybe we should kind of do a foundation so that we create like our own pipeline so that we're helping the next generation get started. Okay. Let me, let me start from the beginning. I want to kind of, let's walk through the different stages of dentistry, the different stages of being a dentist, right? Let's talk about the pre-dental students, because you were a pre-dental student. You went to the SMDEP, uh, right? right. Um, and that kind of exposed you to, oh, dentistry, that might be something that I want to do, right? So let's talk about pre-dents. What do you do for the pre-dent student through your mentorship to get them even excited about dentistry? Because a lot of people know medicine, right? Like you said, they know the MDs, but dentistry, they're like dentists. Well, don't you just clean teeth or, you know, they're, they're very ignorant. And I don't say, I don't say that to be disrespectful, but they're very ignorant towards that. Right. And so what do you do to, with the pre-dents to basically get them going and understanding dentistry through your mentorship? So first try to meet them on their level. So that's one of the reasons why I love Instagram. Uh, If you look on my page, I'm giving out tons of educational uh, videos and things of that nature from a common man's uh, point of view. I want to make sure that you hear it from me. I want you to see it from my eyes. And then hopefully, and this helps patients as well, they learn something. Um, Doc, me and you've talked multiple times about like the different implant videos that I've posted. And um, I would make sure there's music attached to it so I can grab their attention. And then hopefully, you know, just get their attention and see, oh, this is a possibility that I can do. And then now with our foundation, uh, we're really pushing to get them involved and get them hands on. So recently, this was on uh, September 30th, we did an Impressions Day. So at our Impressions Day, we had about maybe 15 to 20 high school students from the local area come in and we did an MTV style cribs. They walked through the office step by step learning, hey, what's this job? What's that job? Because everybody doesn't have to technically be a dentist. But we could really get some quality people to fill these other positions like office managers, um, hygienists, even dental assistants. And it all starts with exposure. So after we walk them through the office and they've seen all of these different parts, then we literally had them doing dental impressions, um, you know, kind of getting their hands dirty, figuring out, oh, this isn't that hard. This isn't that difficult. I could actually do this and make a career out of it. Okay. So you mentioned uh, uh, SMDP, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I have a really close connection because at the University of Washington, my wife first did that program when it was MMEP, Minority Medical Education Program. Then it went to uh, SMEP. Then they added the dental. And I was working for the program at the time. I think it was Columbia and UW were the first ones to implement the dental component. Now it's SHPEP 
and it includes um i think uh nursing uh pa like it's it's kind of grown a little bit right yeah mm -hmm. how important was it for you to be in an environment and and how important would it be for these pre-dental kids to be in an environment with other students from similar backgrounds with similar interests given that a lot of the kids that are into stem and biology are off, we're often the only ones in our class especially when we get to the upper division classes it's kind of lonely for for the melanated people right and here you get this this culmination of all of us together and you're like oh my god i'm not an alien right mm -hmm. so what was that experience for you and do you through your foundation provide that kind of come together experience as well so I'll talk about my experience first. Um, when I did it, this was like 06. So we had Facebook, but, you know, social media wasn't what it is today. And so we didn't necessarily, like you say, see other people that looked like us interested in the things that we were interested in at those higher levels. So it was one of those breakthrough moments like, wow, okay, I'm not the only one. And so we end up creating a community and some of the people I still talk to to this day on Facebook uh, from my SMDEP group. And um, it's just one of those motivators that keeps you going like, okay, hey, you're, you're studying Orgo. I'm an Orgo too. Hey, here's some of my old notes. Hopefully this helps you. Or, hey, I can help you out with this or that. Oh, I love biochemistry. This is what I do to do X, Y, Z. Uh, it was just building that sense of community. So now when it comes to my foundation, again, my foundation, we just started it uh, June of this year. of 20, Well, actually, we started December of 2022, but we announced to the world in June of 2023. And... We're still growing. We're trying to build those cohorts right now. So we're trying to get those different high school students, like we're, we're targeting 11th and 12th graders. And the ideal is to get them exposed to as much about dentistry as possible. So that means having them shadow different type of specialists, having them, you know, go to like the OR uh, so they can see what hospital-based dentistry is like. So just kind of touching on those different things, but we're just building up to it. So once we get there, oh, we're going to have tons of experiences because I'm just going to tack off from what I remember doing and then, you know, of course, working with my board, come up with more ideas. So, you know, um, mentorship is something that's kind of funny to me because you don't necessarily have to be uh, a dentist to, you know, uh, uh, take to basically shape a, a dental student. Let me explain what I mean by that. When I remember when I went to undergrad, I wanted to be a dentist. I knew I wanted to be a dentist. And my mentor at that time was actually my counselor. He was basically with the minority counselors. He was basically one of uh, the minority students. That's who he picked up. And he said, hey, I'm going to make sure that you guys get to your point where you want to be. And I remember my first year, my freshman year, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm away from my family, right? I'm Philly. I go to Pittsburgh. So I'm about five hours away. And, and you know, it's just good times. I'm having a great time. I'm enjoying life. I'm doing a little too much. I'll be honest. I'm doing a little too much. And I remember getting the, uh, my first semester, getting a 2.3 GPA. Okay. And I go home and I'm going to an African house and <laughs> you don't do that. You just, you, there's no failure in life when it comes to grades, they don't play. Right. And, and I remember coming back to school one, I, I was, I was able to come back. My, my parents allowed me to come back. And, 
<laughs> and I was able to come back. And my mentor at the time, Gregory Allen, you know, who was a counselor, he sat me down, literally called me to his office and said, do you want to be a dentist or not? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, you're not going to cut it with these grades. And he basically had me take the hardest semester I've ever taken at that time, right? It was like, I think it was 18 or 19 credits. He just pounded in me. You're taking bio two, you're taking calc two, you're taking, you know, gen chem two, you're going through all this stuff again, right? And you're doing it and you're working hard. So with that being said, it's, you need, you have to have somebody that's going to push you to make it realistic and say, Hey, this is not going to be easy, mm -hmm. right? It's great to see what dentists do, but I think it's even better to see what dentists, like how it, what, what we had to go through to get to yeah. that point. Right. So in through your foundation and through mentorship, how do you expose these kids to the reality to be able to get into the dental schools, to be able to become a dentist and the work that goes into that? So that goes to the connections that I have uh, on multi levels. So my high school students, we want to make sure that we're pairing them with a student that's in college. Our college students, we want to make sure that we're pairing them with somebody that's in dental school. And then mm -hmm. dental school, I'm having to make sure that they're paired with someone that's in the real world. Uh, so if we have that nice chain effect, it allows you to, on the very least, have someone that you can communicate with. And if that communication, because we all get busy, we know like everybody that signs up doesn't do that A1 job and that stellar job. Sometimes they just sign up and then life happens. Um, that's where I come in and I supplement. Um, you want to come to my office and shadow? All right, come shadow. See what I go through. All right, you want to talk about, let's say it's for one of my uh, college age students. I want to talk to you about grades and things of that nature. All right, well, this is what happened back in my day. And this is what happened when one of my mentees that are in dental school right now, yeah, she might not be answering the phone, but this is what she went through. And this is how she did X, Y, Z. I'm always there to help supplement where, you know, somebody may have fallen off because, you know, life happens. Right. Sometimes they're not going to be able to answer those calls. Okay. I, I got a question for you. And, and we're going to go zero dark 30 here because I want the honest truth from you because I've been in this space. Okay. I had my office in Bellevue, Washington, which is a, a high Asian population. And upstairs from me, there was two learning centers, right? Where they do almost like Sylvan Learning Center or any type of tutoring service. There would be a rotating door of Asian students coming in, invested. Their parents are investing in their academics, their education. I'm talking hundreds of kids a day, right? When I deal with my black students, I too deal with students that, you know, may have, you know, less resources at home for help with their homework. Uh, they might go to, you know, poorly resourced schools. Their parents will invest in sports, basketball, you know, uh, track and field. And, you know, my kids do sports. I'm also around with these parents. But then these athletes will also be carrying, you know, 1.5, 2.0 GP GPAs. How do you talk to the students and then subsequently their parents about us trying to do a cultural shift and prioritizing education mm -hmm. so that we're not getting out competed by the time the student that you've mentored through high school who's excited about dentistry, who wants to be just like you, but they've never really put the work in or knew how to put the work in to be able to pass a DAT or pass the rigorous courses um, in undergrad. 
that's where we have to use the systems that are already in place and connect with other uh, minority groups that have kind of set up those support systems. So if our student is, let's, let's use Florida State as an example. If I have a student at Florida State, I know one of my mentors there has a support system where she's able to get students into like Kaplan courses mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, study the DATs and do things of that nature. Um, and is this like about, a scholarship? Um, scholarship, hookup, you know, we, we do what we can. It might not always be, it might not always be free now because sometimes she might not be able to get that uh, uh, stipend or whatnot, but mm -hmm she will try to get them a good deal so that they can go ahead and they can study. So it, it's it's about using the support systems that are already in place. And again, my group is really small, really young right now. And ultimately we want it to grow and we're going to be everywhere. Like that's the goal, but it's about using the support systems that are already in place. Like we don't have to always kind of reinvent the wheel because there are things out there. And you bring up a great point where it's like a lot of these Families are looking for that big break in sports because as African-Americans, that's what we normally think. Like, oh, he going to make it in football. Oh, he's fast. So he's going to be the next, you know, Deion Sanders or something like that. And getting them to kind of shift that mindset, it's going to be hard. But it all starts with, I'm going to be honest, that student. Like, what do you want to do, man? Like, I can I can only make you do so much. I can lead the horse to water. Ultimately, you got to drink it. So so let's move on to now the student has done very well, right? You've mentored them. They've done incredibly well in uh, undergrad, uh, meaning like, yeah, undergrad. We'll call it undergrad because I sometimes call dental school undergrad now for some reason because <laughs> I did my perio program. I'm always like, yeah, undergrad kids. <laughs> you know, like, I'm actually talking about dental students, but undergrad, right? And now they're applying for dental school. And one thing that a lot of people don't talk about is how expensive it is to apply to these schools, right? It's yes. very expensive. Right. And I remember myself, I couldn't afford half. I couldn't want, I couldn't afford Kaplan. So I wish I knew this lady back then. Because I just I just opened books and just read and just got little summary books. But, you know, when it comes to uh, applying, it's very expensive. What does your foundation or, or does your foundation try to help, you know, maybe find scholarships, maybe find people to connect with that could help them, you know, with the cost of applying to dental school? And that's why we need donors and we need people to support the Golden Foundation uh, because we want to create those scholarships for those students. We want to be able to provide the aid that they need. And we know, and you know, um, these applications are expensive. So if we can get a big time donor like, I'm going to put Creston Oral-B out there. No, put him out there. Put him out there. Put him out hey, there. They should. You they know, should. Uh, oh, I, want, I want them to be involved. And let's say they say, Dr. Golden, we really believe in what you have going on. And we want to give you um, 500K to go towards this foundation. You know how much we can do with something like that? Or even 100K. You know, something That's so that we can, of kids. Exactly. We can direct this into the communities that we know need, need the help. 
and uh, we document, we let them know, uh, we take the pictures, we show everybody, you know, what greatness is going on. But it's it's all about, you know, getting those funds in the right hands. And and OK, so once we work on the foundation and basically get that 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 um that money, the next step, I think, would be, OK, so now we've gotten to dental school. Mm-hmm. Right. And one thing that we talked about in previous episodes is basically I talked to a dental student, a, a current dental student, and they, we talked about the lack of representation. You've mentioned this multiple times, the lack of representation. And and like you guys said, it gets lonely. It really gets very lonely when you're one of two, one of one, you know, in dental school or even I remember it, it, in all of uh, University of Pittsburgh and not to just pick on them because it's like this with a lot of schools we had. I mean, it was me. Let's just say I was a freshman first year dental school. I had another like two or three, you know, third years and then maybe one, you know, fourth year. So we were like a total of like five to seven. That was it in the whole school. Right. You, and you, you went alone. Right. Uh, USC from my year when I was uh, my graduating class, we had two. Right. And then I was shocked when in the class behind me, they had like nine. I'm like, whoa, that's whoa. impressive. That's impressive. Where are these nine? <laughs> come from? We could have took one or two of them early in the draft. If they could have been with me in my class. That's it. That's it. So how do we find a way to kind of maybe if they're not in the same school, connect them to each other so they don't feel so alone, right? How do we connect or have a network? Do you have like a Facebook group or maybe I'm just giving you ideas now, but like a group where all these students that you have mentored and have sent them on their way to become a dentist, how do we keep them connected so that they don't feel alone? Because those days where it's tough, you're, you know, going through seven tests, you know, that week, (laughs) You need that somebody to keep say keep going. Yeah, it would definitely be Facebook groups, and then also we would want um, you know in person activities. Like every now and then, if we could try to get the group together, even if it's once a year. Uh, again, this is going to take funding. Right. Uh, get our kids together so that they have that time where they are bonding with each other. Um, but ultimately, it would be the Facebook groups. That's the easiest, quickest way. Um, also, like currently with the high school students, we're doing um, a WhatsApp chat kind of thing, mm-hmm. trying to keep them engaged, ch- checking in with them. So I, I like to go where the technology is with the students to ensure that they're using it. So like if my students weren't really big on Facebook and they hated it, they were not using Facebook. All right, we got to find something else right. that's going to connect you guys. We got to find what's going to tether us together. Yeah, do you ever, do you ever worry about, um, and I don't know, I've seen you do work with uh, diversity and dentistry and some other groups that are out there that they've, they've had blueprints or they follow other blueprints. Um, have the conversation ever came up of uh, donation fatigue? Cause one of the things we've seen um, even with some of the scholarship foundations that I've been on is that you have a really good, like two, three year run. When it comes to, you know, uh, whether it's crowdfunding or fundraising events, but you end up having to tap these same people over and over and over. And then pretty soon it's kind of lost its luster. Um, have you projected out, because I know that you're you're, you're still kind of new, um, to see how you might evolve as time keeps going when it comes to raising funds? Yeah, that's when we're hitting up bigger sponsors, 
and also uh, trying to take advantage of the grants that are out there. So you're right. You don't want to just continue to hit the same people up over and over unless they want to be on uh, automatic pay. I love those people. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, we're trying to go every avenue, every little thing, because th there's companies out there that, you know, need to diversify themselves. And so we would love to be there to uh, use those funds in a great manner. You know, and I've realized that, um, and speaking of companies, I've realized that a lot of them are so quick to want to sponsor when you're in dental school, give you lunch and learns and do all this stuff, give them awards after you graduate. Uh, you know, Crest is one of the one I, that comes to mind where to give the students like $2,500 when you graduate and you become the Crest, you know, uh, award recipient, whatever it may be. But I'm thinking to myself, like, where were you when I really needed you? I'm about to get a job. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's nice to have that $2,500, but that would have been really nice, you know, when, when I couldn't afford to get to this school because of the interview and the lack of funds, you know. So I feel like they need to really shift. And, you know, someone like yourself might really want to talk to him about saying, hey, let's focus on the pre or even the dental students when they're going through, you know, and then mm -hmm. also minority. We know that just from stats, they just minority uh, organizations, foundations just don't get the just don't get the money that they need or very little of it. Right. We've all we've all known this. So that's something that I think that they need to do. Maybe we need to you know, uh, Leroy, maybe we need to figure out how do we get a, in contact with these guys and be like, let's put them on the spot on the podcast. You know, we always call people out. <laughs> That's exactly what needs to be done. So it's just letting them know that there's a need. Um, think of it this way. When you guys are in your office, you're at the top of the food chain at your office. So every little thing that happens, you're not aware of. You're not thinking of uh, the externs that are starting in your office. Like, yeah, you see them, you wave and you wish them luck but they're not in the system yet. And I think that's how some of these companies are seeing it. Like, oh, they're these on the outside pre-dents are externs. They're not dentists or dental students yet. So it's like, all right, well, you know, talk to me when you reach adult status, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but they do need to be uh, supplemented. They do need the help because they're never going to reach that mature status if not um, aided properly. Okay. So, so we've tracked now high school, undergrad. Um, we know the challenges that are, that is dental school, right? Whether it's representation, community, and so forth. Well, I'm a brand new grad now. Okay. Um, I may be going back to a city, let's say if I'm in the Northwest or on the West Coast, um, what advice do you give a brand new grad that's trying to figure out, do I go to a DSO? Do I do community care? Uh, do I join the military? Like, what are some of the pathways that you have seen uh, success in either yourself or in some of your colleagues that you're close with? I've seen mentees um, thrive in multiple uh, of those areas, going into the military, um, DSOs, and also private practice. And that's where that whole personal aspect comes in. You have to know who you're dealing with. Like each mentee is different. One of my mentees, there's no way on earth that they would survive doing military. <laughs> but, you know, another one can, you know, they, they, they might be up for it. So it's just knowing, all right, hey, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's have these tough conversations. 
What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? Have you, again, shadow? You need to go look and see what's around that corner. The As much information as you can get on those next steps, that's where you're going to be successful. Uh, you're talking about the DSOs. Yes, um, there are tons of DSOs. Like, okay, which DSO are you thinking about? Which one kind of tickles your fancy? All right, do you know anybody in there? Okay, this DSO is bigger in California versus this DSO that might be bigger in Florida. So it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to go to Florida, look at these people. So it's just trying to get as much information about it before, oops, I graduated. What am I going to do? <laughs> so, okay. So here's one thing that kind of, um, I'm going to say it makes me sad. And we've done, I think we've delved into this a lot of times, right? When it comes to dental students, they get they get excited. They're finishing their third year, fourth year. They're about to be done, and they're oh man, you can just tell. I mean, they're excited just to get out, right? I mean, they've been beaten up. You can tell that they've aged along the way. But you know, <laughs> I used to have an afro a graduate. I don't anymore. It is what it is. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> you know? And so you got, <laughs> right. So you graduate, and you get there, and you get excited, and you get your first job, and you're going, and you're going, and then eventually something hits you that says, "Man, this sucks. This is not what I expected." What do you do for those new grads that had expectations of dentistry and just were not met or maybe just wasn't realistic? Like, how do you have that honest conversation that says, this is what dentistry looks like? What you thought you were going to get with butterflies and rainbows, and not just you're not picking on butterflies behind you or anything, but like, <laughs> butterflies and rainbows. You and know, stuff let like me that. move this butterfly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like a lot of a lot of new grads, a lot of young dentists come out and they're very just they're almost beaten up so quickly because they thought it was going to be something way more way more if, if if that if you may so what advice do you give to them to kind of just say hey we gotta really establish you know reality and then go from there i start trying to temper those expectations around third year i'll be <laughs> honest with you i'm not gonna lie to you yeah. everybody that i've mentored I, I give them that real talk like listen this is different this is not everything that you just you know thought you're gonna come right out and you're going to be on a yacht and you're going to be tossing money around. That ain't happening, playboy. <laughs> you got to pay your dues. And that's a really tough conversation to have. Like I've had some mentees and one that I like personally had invested in and I wanted to see her do well. And she just didn't understand that she had to pay her dues that first first couple of years. Um, eventually I think she'll get it, but you know, ultimately they, they have to, they have to drink that water and see what's around them. And, um, it's just having those tough conversations and making sure that, you know, you're being honest with them. Cause I, I don't want you to lie to me that first year. Like I tell them all the time, that first year to me personally sucks. You, you think the first year of dental school sucks. The first year in the real world sucks, especially if, you don't have a mentor or a system in place, um, it's going to be ooh, tough sledding. You're going to be exhausted. Not only are you going to be physically exhausted, mentally exhausted, emotionally exhausted. And the best thing you can do is have someone that you can talk to. Even if, you know, get you, if you need a therapist, go ahead and get your therapist if you need that therapist. 
but you need to be able to communicate what you're going through. And then you need to have that mentor in place to help you work through that. Like my uh, current associate, um, every time he goes through something, I, I give him a heads up. For example, uh, when daylight savings time happened, he's one of those guys that, you know, he wakes up, gets to work. Like he, he never is like a mess or anything like that, but you know, I know he's just waking up. He's a young guy. He was watching sports or basketball the night before. Um, but I knew that he was going to be late to work when the time changed. So what did I do for him? I tried to warn him, hey, doc, make sure you set your alarm. Don't forget, you know, time's changing, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, okay, I got it, I got it. And never fails. I got that phone call. Hey, I'm running a few minutes late. I'm on my way. I'm so sorry. You told me this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because I've seen it happen so many times. Right. But he's such a good soul. It's like, I know he's he's trying to work through it. He just fell into that little pit trap that all of us falls and fall into that first year. <laughs> How long have you been practicing? Um, I'm coming up on year 10. Okay, so almost a decade. Almost. Um, so a kid that's looking at your Instagram right now, they see the glitz and glamour, right? Mm-hmm. They see you placing implants. They see you, you know, doing your foundation. They see you getting the 40 under 40 award um, at the at the NDA. Um, but they don't realize what that 10 years entail. Can you briefly give us kind of the, uh, the lowdown on that transition to what they may see now as the fruits of your labor, uh, which obviously wasn't always that glamorous. Yeah. Um, it started out rough. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I graduated in 2014 and then I did a one-year residency, like I told you guys, in New York. And when I end up coming to Florida, like I thought I had like a gig all set up and I was going to work in this private practice office and I got the rope a dope. It was like, hey, look at this office. This is great. But the day before I started working, you're actually going to be working at this office down the street and it only has two operatories. Like, what? <laughs> like, what is going on here? And so I just, I, I, I did my time. I did my time. And honestly, I still feel like I'm growing. Like I, 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 again, I feel very honored when you say that it looks glamorous on my Instagram and things like that. Uh, I work truly hard, you know, but I'm one of those people. I put on my pants one leg at a time, just like everybody else. Um, I'm here to just, you know, highlight what we do on a daily basis and hopefully we educate some people, motivate some people, and inspire people to get into the field. So, you know, um, on the same kind of level, um, a lot of dentists, when they're on social media and stuff, they show their cases and stuff. Not that you don't do the same thing you do, right? But you show a lot more of your foundations, your mentorships, and stuff like that. And I wanted to know, one, why? Right? I mean, I know it's a simple question, but why? Why would you do this when you have a practice that you should be running to, you know, be that top of the tier, like making millions of dollars and all? I mean, think about it. Taking and, and I don't want those millions. I, I want those millions. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying you don't, right? But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you've now said, hey, I 
I've gotten what I want, you know, I'm growing still, but I'm also going to bring this along, which is the mentorship and that foundation. And I know for sure it takes time, you know, like doing this podcast, I mean, Leroy, you know, it takes time, you know? And so how are you and why did you even want to do this? All right. So I love the fact that you say it takes time. Like, like you, I do a podcast and I do a show. So I know all the behind the scenes and the craziness that you guys go through, just getting your guests to say yes right. and then making sure that they show up and all of that stuff. It's yep. just so <laughs> much work, right? You don't see that. It's just you just hear the podcast and you hear the banter, but there's so many things that go on. Um, so for me, I wear a lot of different hats and I'm doing a lot of different things. And that behind the scenes stuff, that gets crazy, man. And I feel it should be shown so you can see that it takes work. You don't just wake up and start popping bottles and all of a sudden, you know, doing these big aesthetic cases and everything goes perfect. Like, no, you got to go through these things. You have to experience, you have to take the courses. Um, you have to, you know, have the smaller cases. You have to place that first implant. I want to show it. It's a journey. So I want you to see it from my point of view, from my eyes, what's going on. And then, you know, no disrespect to people who just post their cases. I think that gets boring after a while. And I don't think the audience is going to want to come back because for my Instagram, not only am I trying to like educate, motivate, and inspire people, I'm also trying to get patients to come look. Haha, I got you on the marketing side too. I want to make sure that they come in and they see that they're having a good time. And then after I got them in, I also want to educate them so that they can go back and tell their friends. So it's just like, it's a big gumbo pot for me with my Instagram. I never want everything to be just each slide. Oh, here's the blue slide. Here's the blue slide. Light blue slide. No, it's like, all right, what's going on in life? This is here. This is here. Yeah, I'll clean certain things up so it looks somewhat aesthetic. But ultimately, I'm trying to give it to you raw and let you see, hey, this is what's going on. Hey, this week I'm working on this. Hey, this week I'm working on this. Hey, this is awesome. I just got an award. What do you think? You know, just keeping you abreast on what's going on in my life. And ultimately, like I said, that inspired people to get involved and do it and one day be that dentist. Okay. So, how do you deal with yeah. uh, how do you deal with failures? Because um, <laughs> a lot of these young kids and even dentists, <laughs> whether it's a case that fails, you fail the test, of course. Um, you know, you fail to get you into you fail to get into biggest? dental school. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things for me. I'm so passionate. Like I have to work myself through the emotion. So let's say, like you say, you fit, a case fails. I got to talk to myself. All right, why did it fail? Try to figure it out, get down to the nitty gritty. All right, did this fail because uh, something that I did or was this a factor of what was going on with the patient? All right, mm, looks like this happened because something I did. All right, why did I do that? Did that happen because I was trying to compromise here and make this work when ultimately I look I looked at the tooth and knew the tooth should have been an extraction you know try to walk yourself through it then all right we figured out what was going on or get as close to possible 
of what was going on and then be like, all right, what's the next step? How are we going to you know, fix it? What's going to be the solution to this failure? Is the solution, all right, we need to EXT this tooth and go bone graft and membrane and implant or, you know, whatever else the other solution can be. Like, now let's work through the solution. A lot of people get caught up on the emotion side of it. And I'll, I'm not going to lie, sometimes I do too. But once I get to that point of, all right, what's the solution? And I'm in that zone, like, all right, how are we going to solve it? That emotional side of me is kind of gone. And now I've kind of like stepped into that mumble mentality. And I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, we got to get <laughs> this done. We got to solve this. This is how we're going to solve it. Hey, it didn't work out. This is why it didn't work out. Blah, 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 blah. These are the next steps. Blah, 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 blah. How do you want to do it? Get the patient involved. They tell me, oh, I don't know, doc. It's whatever you want to do. All right, perfect. It's in my hand. Let's go ahead and this is the next step. And just clear cut, take all the emotion out, take the crowd out of it. And all I see is my little uh, textbook from dental school, one line, then the next line, then the next line. This is what we do. Just Can not. you uh, give us a quick summary of basically how people can get a hold of you uh, on Instagram, through your foundation, whatever it may be? All right. So for the foundation, the website is mygoldenfoundation.com. So www.mygoldenfoundation. Um, the easiest way, though, hop on Instagram. Uh, you'll find me at the Golden Dentist. I'll have all the links for you uh, in my bio. I connect you directly to the Instagram um, for my foundation and you can DM me. And then if you need to email me and you're on the snail mail, I'll give you the email. But if it takes me a little while to answer, it's your fault because I told you how to get to me quicker. Uh, you can email me at Golden. DDS at gmail.com. So again, that's J N Golden DDS at gmail.com. And I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to answer it. Um, I had a student just this uh, week where she doesn't have an Instagram. I think she's like in her early 20s. And I'm like, you don't have an Instagram? Like, what's going on? And she was like, I'm not really big on social media, but I'm looking for um, a, a mentor in the D.C. area. And she's gonna become. She's gonna become president. <laughs> <laughs> she's eliminated. She is that that motivated. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Yes. Wow, uh, let me ask you something, and this will be my last question, man. Is you had your aha moment when he, your come to dentistry moment, right? You did some shadowing. You're like, "Yep, that's what you want to do." I had a similar experience. For people that haven't or are not those type of people, people that need a rational explanation or description as to why dentistry is a good sound viable profession especially for a, a young student of color can you tell us uh you know why you would argue that dentistry is still a good profession all right first off dentistry can get crazy i'm gonna give it to you again raw it can be crazy but there are so many different opportunities in this field um I can't even think of anywhere where you get a degree and then at that point you can branch out and make it into really whatever you want. So you can become a specialist. 
you can end up being an oral surgeon, periodontist, endodontist, uh, prostodontist, like you, multitude of specialists. Then if you say, you know what, I didn't want to go specialty route, I can be somewhat of a quote unquote subspecialist. And now you can, you know, train yourself a little bit more and become Invisalign certified. And you can only do Invisalign. You can do Botox. You can do, you name it. There's so many different things you can mm -hmm. do. Then you say, you know what? I don't really want to be chair side. I really want to be a speaker. Look, I'm speaking. You can gain you can gain experience and speak for companies like Invisalign, uh, Crestnor B, or any of these other companies that are in the dental field. Now you're a speaker and brand ambassador and all that stuff. Um, then you say, again, really not feeling this chair side thing. I only want to focus on the business aspect. And now I want to own multiple practices and make it like Monopoly. And I'm out here building up practices in the background, pulling strings and making sure people aren't ordering things and all that crazy <laughs> stuff, you know? So there's so many avenues you can go down in this field of dentistry that you're going to find something that's going to make you happy. Are you going to have to pay your dues? Yes, you're going to have to pay your dues. But it's definitely worth it in the end because when a lot of dentists retire and they hang up that hat, I don't see that many of them struggling or complaining that, you know, it didn't go well for them. But just understand that you're not going to start off popping bottles on that yacht. Please stop thinking that's what you're going to do. <laughs> Man, uh, this was awesome. Thank you so Age much. Was. You know, yes, um, I have to say, you know, uh, I, I do have one more question. Remember when AI single-handedly destroyed the Lakers okay. uh, in game one um, of, of that uh, NBA final? I just want to just real quick. Yeah, how did that make I you was, feel? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Go ahead. Let's do it. How did that make you feel? I, we don't need to go past that that game. I just want so, just that game. How did I, that make that? How did that make you feel that game? I said. I, I remember. Game. I remember that series. Uh, for those of you that might be too young to remember it, AI he went off, exploded. He was unstoppable for that one game. Um, I think he even uh made Tyron Lou famous that game and stepped over him. Um, and now he has a coaching career thanks to AI. Uh, but. <laughs> That was one game. Yeah, guy. I mean, that's all That's all I really like, needed. No, 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 that was one game. <laughs> no, that's all we needed. No, 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 no. I gave you a chance. How many games did you win after that? It, listen, listen, let's oh, focus no, 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 on no. Who, who has my the questions. Let's Hold focus on, on my questions. Oh, okay, okay. So we're not going to talk about who ended up getting the trophy and right, how right, got parade. Right. And then, you know, Kobe Bryant is the greatest player of all time. Oh, man. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that one game. That's it. That that's all I got. That's See, all I got. I think Matumbo destroyed game, destroyed Shaq in that game too. But we're not um, going to talk about that. That was one game. <laughs> no, but next honestly, thing, next thing you're going to tell me that you don't like practice. <laughs> no, and I've never liked practice. I, I I just I just I save all my energy for the actual game. You know. <laughs> but no, honestly, thank you so so much, Doctor Wooden, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Really appreciate you, man. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Uh, definitely let's do this again and again, again, again. Uh, keep coming on to the uh, page on Instagram at The Golden Dentist. Um, I'm there having fun. I'm doing all this so that you guys can enjoy it, uh, learn a little something, share with your friends. And then just like we grew that Instagram page, now it's time for us to grow 
the Golden Foundation, and I I promise you this is going to be phenomenal. And in the future, I'm like, man, I remember when he started that. It ain't looking at him now. I'm proud of that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's awesome, man. All right. Thank you so much again. All right, brother. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tooth Be Told. The opinions on this episode are just that, our opinions. Please consult your dental professional before taking any action with your dental health. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, please contact us at Real Dentist with an S. That's R-E-A-L Dentist with an S at gmail.com. We would be very happy to return any message that we receive because we love the communication that we have with our listeners.